Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Horrorcraft with Cassandra. And Bubbles. And today we're talking about child-friendly horror. Why would we be talking about this, Brittany? Because we're both moms. Exactly. <laughs> so we both have children of our own and we both like spooky season. Obviously, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know we are mega fans of horror and spooky season is kind of like the Super Bowl of horror. Um, so today we're going to be talking about child-friendly horror and that kind of stems from movies such as Gremlins and The Goonies. And TV shows like Goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Ah, Real Monsters, you know, the Beetlejuice TV show, Tales from the Crypt, the kid version. Yes. Yeah. Because Tales from the Crypt did have a regular version and then a child-friendly version. Um, so let's get into it. Hit the music. Okay, so we obviously have talked about how we are moms, and um, obviously we have our own parenting styles. But for you, I guess the question would be, do you let your children watch scary movies? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't... I think from the way I was raised, I never really saw it as, like, a huge deal, but I can see it from other people's side as to why they wouldn't want their kids to watch horror, but it's kind of just been something that's been in my family since, for, like, generations, a couple generations now. And so you said recently that you found out how your mom got started into horror. Yeah, my mom started watching horror when she was super young, and I talked about it before, about how my you know, everyone used to scare each other in my family. My grandma, who is like the sweetest lady ever, used to scare the shit out of my mom when she was watching movies when she was little. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So for me, that's a completely opposite thing. Like I understand um, because you, for those who don't know, Brittany has two boys and um, a young daughter. And well, we can't say she's young because Bella's like the oldest now. My daughter's like basically a preteen now. That's scary to think about. Yeah. Um, but Bella watches a lot of horror. And she always has. Uh, I try to keep out like the sex from things. And sometimes the gore. If my kids are ever like, you know, I can't take this. I'll turn it off. There was one point. That's happened once. And I didn't realize it. It was dead. Dead or alive? Is that dead alive? Dead alive. You're talking about the one that Guillermo del Toro did with the um, zombies, right? No, it was um, what's his name? Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Sorry, Guillermo del Toro was uh, Cronus. Um, Peter Jackson was dead or alive, and it's about the zombies. But yeah, that is pretty gruesome because you know he mows down. A bunch of zombies with a, a lawnmower. The monkey did her in, so we didn't get far. <laughs> she was like, I don't like this. Turn it off. And she was, it was when she was way younger. And it's my bad on that. But, like, Evan and um, Ashton, they are into it as well. Like, Evan, yeah. he'll put on, if you go on our Instagram, we have a hilarious picture of Evan busting in on our watch party for Malignant with a Michael Myers mask. Yeah. The, it was from Halloween, too, with the blood. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, uh, that's a different story as a parent. Not that I would be opposed to letting my kids watch it, but with my child's needs, it's just something I can't do right now. So for me, it's completely different because my child, Brayden, is on the spectrum. And he does watch some of the ones that are on our list, but some of them can be too much for him. And I think it's just, it's not even the character itself. I think it's just the sensory overload. Um, he did watch Goosebumps, like the actual movies, a lot. But he got kind of freaked out by Slappy, and I don't think it wasn't because of Slappy as a doll, because he likes dolls. I think it was just the voice for him because it was too harsh. But he loves Hocus Pocus and he'll watch different movies um, like Spirited Away 
Spirited Away has like deep undertones to it. But he loves Spirited Away, loves No Face. But um, we don't watch a lot of that. Like you can even see here in our filming room, like that's where a lot of the horror stuff is in our house because that just would kind of freak him out. But if he wants to watch it later down the road, I'm fine with it. And there are a lot of autistic children that gravitate towards tor horror. Towards horror. If I can talk today. Because um, they do. Uh, Braden's friend watches scary movies. He loves Pennywise. And that's completely fine. I feel like if you have the mentality to handle it, then that's perfectly okay. Um, but we try to embrace as much as we can with him without overly scaring him. And I think that that kind of comes down to everyone's preferences. But I think that there's nothing wrong. I think if your child can handle it and it's something that they're interested in, I definitely believe in letting them explore it. Because for me, that was my experience with my family, um, that I, you know, my mother, I think kind of tried to get a handle on us watching certain things. And I would have preferred her letting me explore it a little bit more in an older age. By the time she did, I had already watched like a ton of different stuff, but I feel like if she maybe had been more open about it, I wouldn't have felt so much shame being a horror fan growing up uh, in the area that we did. Um, I think it would have helped me embrace more of who I was. So I do believe in like freedom of expression. And I do think that if my child, if that was something my child's interested in and he could handle it, I will definitely let him do it. But I know that there are a lot of people who can't and that's fine. I think there is a version of horror for everyone. And this episode is really hitting that because there is a lot of middle ground with horror where you do get your gremlins and your movies that are like towing that line, but not completely. So your child can, you know, get interested in it and you can have them experience it with you, but still not traumatize them. So, um, my child already has a hard enough time wanting to not sleep in our bed because he says that that's the comfier bed out of our house. Um, but I, you know, I don't want him to have the same experience of like watching Freddy Krueger way too young and running in being like, this man is terrifying me. Um, but he does know who Pennywise is. A lot of kids do like horror icons. They're seen a lot everywhere. We currently have a core icon on our uh, microphone right now thanks to NECA uh, for making the little um, hangable people that you can put on your microphone. We have a little Pennywise. The pole dancing Pennywise. The pole dancing Pennywise. <laughs> Pennywise a pole dancing clown. <laughs> I mean he you know he does do that little jig in the beginning <laughs> to try to terrorize. Maybe that's how you know he got where he is at. He got that money. <laughs> They're clapping. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, horror, I think there is a horror f genre for everyone. And like with Hocus Pocus, I feel like that's a huge thing for me and Brayden because Brayden can watch it. And it's something that I feel like we can bond over and gives that little joy to me in my um, horror heart. If you hear snoring in the background, our horror mascot has joined us, Baby the Hellcat, and he is currently judging us and snoring. So, you know, we kind of touched upon it earlier, but there were a lot of really good horror animated shows during our time. It seemed like they were kind of experimenting. You know, we got Beetlejuice, the animated show. We got... Uh, Tales from the Crypt, the animated show. We had Courage the Cowardly Dog. We had uh, Real Monsters. We had Billy and Mandy. Um, and Scooby-Doo had been around for forever. And Scooby-Doo got many incarnations, especially with... Um, I remember Zombie Island and especially the Hex Girls. Oh, yeah. The Hex Girls, I mean, if you do not stand the Hex Girls from Scooby-Doo... 
Um, what are I you doing? Right. I don't know what to say to you. Um, no shame. But seriously, the Hex Girls were cool. I mean, that, that was like the first time I think I had saw a representation of like what you would call like someone who would be maybe a typical horror fan, like, you know, have the goth style to them, but not even really. They kind of molded it into their own and they were these cool kind of things. And seeing that Scooby-Doo was kind of crazy. So, you know, you got a lot of these, like, I think that was the time of like the VHS where you got the direct to, you know, video and you got like Scooby-Doo and the cyber chase and, I remember my sister wanting to have all of them and on the way driving from where we live in Ohio to Colorado, where my family was, we would watch them over and over and over again. And I could literally recite every single line. And I love those movies, but like after a time, you literally just wanted to plug your eyeballs out. Me with Finding Nemo with my sisters. Holy crap. Oh, Finding Nemo. (laughs) That should be a horror story in itself. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, I think for me, the Courage, Courage, Courage the Callerly Dog, like, he did a lot for horror fans. He was that, like, Scooby-Doo archetype. But, I mean, he just, he gave no Fs. He felt very 90s. He was more up to date. I don't want to say it about Scooby-Doo because he's iconic, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It fit more of our... I think it, I think Scooby-Doo and Courage fit kind of pretty perfectly together. And I think Courage was kind of the next step from Scooby-Doo. Like Scooby-Doo was a stepping stone. And then you got into Courage the Cowardly Dog where there were some like crazy episodes. Like Jim all the time, he'll joke with me and be like, return the slab. Um, and I just remember that episode so clearly, but like, I mean, it had some crazy stuff. Like there was, I think one episode where he like realized that the burger place that they stopped at might be actually like using people for burger meat and like started freaking out, running around and doing things. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a kids show and it's got that in it but took it to the next level i think that's what the difference between that and scooby-doo yeah yeah because like scooby-doo scooby-doo teaches you in a way that like the most horrifying thing can be the person behind the mask where courage it courage was like there are crazy things all around us and um you know your animal might be trying to say this is why baby is right next to us because he's our guard cat he's our you know courage the cowardly cat i guess you would say (laughs) not dog but cat um but yeah i think that's a huge uh you know we we kind of talked about goosebumps so we keep bringing goosebumps up but goosebumps was like a huge thing that hit like i don't think they realized that goosebumps were going to be that significant like goosebumps just became this juggernaut especially in the 90s where you just could not escape them. Um, they were everywhere and it, there was such an accessibility to it and they were widely accepted. Yeah. What's your favorite Goosebump? Night of the Living Dummy, but I like all of them. Yeah, I, I have a hard time with it too. I think mine might be like uh, Night of the Scarecrow. It was the Scarecrow episode. The Scarecrow walks at midnight. Night, yep, that's what it is. And um, the bride of the living dummy. Yeah, with yeah, the, with the doll, Mary Ellen. <laughs> Mary Ellen, because the whole time you think that she's not, that the girl is just kind of making it up, and then you realize she's just as bad as Slappy, and you're like, what? The and the heck? and the twist is like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so, but then, so you know, we go from talking about animated series to going into film. And you would be remiss without talking about probably what kind of kicked off the whole child-friendly horror genre, which was Gremlins. Gremlins was huge. Um, I mean, we had that Furby the other day. Oh, Lord. I might have tortured Brittany with a Furby when we were talking about the early 2000s, but... Um, Furbies were kind of modeled after the Mogwai and you had these cute animals, cute little creatures that 
you know, you had these specific rules and then all of a sudden they turn into this, these crazy things and the juxtaposition of it happening while Christmas is going on. It's like a whole other level. And I just watched Gremlins this morning in preparation for this episode. I forgot how terrifying it was. Like I, um, I was watching the scene where he goes into the YMCA and they go into the swimming pool and like tons of them come out. And I was thinking to myself, like, holy crap, this is a kid's movie and this is happening. But, you know, you see the effect that that had on the genre, especially even blending into horror. Like, you know, Critters was based off of Gremlins. Like, you can definitely see that. Um, but obviously Critters is a very specific horror movie and it's not child friendly. Where Gremlins, you know, you see that where he kind of toned it down, Joe Dante did, for children. But then, you know, you see the effect where you get movies like Ghostbusters and Casper and then um, Monster Squad. Monster Squad was that movie in between. It's not a kid's movie. It's not an adult movie, but it is like a tween movie. And they... The way that they did it is kind of incredible, like how they got around the licensing for Universal, because, you know, you have Dracula, you have Wolfman, you have, they call it the Gill Man, um, Frankenstein. You have all these iconic characters that get kind of slammed on these kids that are just having uh, a club to talk about monsters in the 80s, and now they have to save the world, so... But then you get this big boom once Tim Burton comes in and one of his obvious, like, that you think of during Halloween is Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. So. Beetlejuice just, like, it really, it really set the style for, like, Tim Burton. He made more kids movies after that. I mean, it's kind of like an in-between because there are adult jokes in it. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, Miss Argentina. And then, like, the the brothel, what was it called? Dante's? Oh, Dante's Inferno was kind of the the brothel, yeah. And then you have, like, Lydia. And I feel like as a young, like, coming up baby goth girl, like, that was, like, someone to look up to in a way. Yeah. To relate to. Yeah, because she was definitely, like, Jess and whore, but, like, really, you know, was trying to explore that in her life. And her parents were just... Terrible. So, yeah, you know, they had their own. So, you know, you got these themes that I think kids could relate to. But then, you know, you got crazy stuff like Beetlejuice is like the kids version of Candyman. Like, yeah, I've seen people say it where they would want to see like Beetlejuice and Candyman like fight it out. Like if they say Beetlejuice so many times and Candyman, like who would win? And I'm like, obviously, Candyman's going to win. I mean, I love Beetlejuice, but, like, but Beetlejuice was funny. Like, yeah. Beetlejuice, you know, when he gets upset and he's trying to get his way, he's over the top. He's funny, you know. And that's what made it a kid, more of a kid-friendly movie because there was that comedy on top of the horror. Yeah. It's not Candyman, like, where he, he gets summoned through the mirror and he's just going to slash your brains out. He's, you know, Beetlejuice is just trying to come back into the land of living and he's going to do whatever it takes. And he has his own style to it. Um, and I mean, the sandworm, that's iconic for everyone. Like, right. you see umpteenth million different sandworm items that you can get. Um, Spirit Halloween has a ton for Beetlejuice this year. Uh, just FYI for people. So, talking about whimsy and fun, um, why do you feel it's important to celebrate Halloween with your children. I, I feel like a lot of people are against it sometimes. Or they want to make it, like, fall celebration. Um, well, I kind of grew up with that being our Christmas. It yeah. always was the most important holiday to my, for me and my mom, honestly. And I've kind of carried that with me my entire life. It's very much about community. So if you don't have, like, a strong family I guess dynamic around yeah. like surrounding you you can look to the community and it's like a community holiday anyone can do it yeah do you also feel like part of that is for us being in Ohio I feel like Ohio 
takes Halloween kind of seriously to a lot, very seriously. I think because of the fact that we have a lot of like, we're in a lot of rural area with farms and I feel like, you know, pumpkin season with pumpkins, but then like, that's a way that people make income, like between Cedar Point with doing the, you know, the scare actors and then like local ones like uh, Ghostly Manor has their huge, like their world renowned um, haunts. All, all year long, but then they do Fear Fest, Lake Erie yeah. Fear Fest in October. A Haunted Hydro. You have the ones in Cleveland, like the 12 floors of hell. Is it 12 or 7? Seven or twelve, something, some floors, um, and you have haunted uh, hay rides. There is one that's at the reformatory. Yes, that's always and and ghost hunt is huge. Hunting is huge around that time of year. Like I I know that they have it all the time, but I feel like especially I know like the state theater before. Um, there's a really old theater in our town, Sandusky, that. It was, it's two years now, almost. Um, it got, part of it got blew down because of a water spout um, off of the lake. But they have tunnels and catacombs because they were part of the Underground Railroad, um, right. which is one of the things that Sandusky is um, largely known for, too, is since we were one of the closest ports to getting people... Um, you know, in the country and out of the country, Underground Railroad was huge where we were at. So we have a lot of places that have those. So, um, you know, I do feel like Ohio kind of comes alive for us horror fans during that time, unlike any other, because <laughs> for the rest of the year, we don't really have anything. Right. Um, There's a witch's walk that's in Sandusky. Yeah. I'm going this year. Really? I want to go. We should go. We should go. And also, I'm pretty sure Trick or Treat, the movie, it is a real... Yeah. It's the, a real thing they do, right? It's, yeah. That's in Ohio. Yeah. Um, Trick or Treat was set in Ohio. and Is it a real festival type thing? I think it is. I don't know. We'll have to... We will fact check this and get back to you guys on our um, Instagram when this episode comes out to let you know for sure. But I do know it's set in Ohio, and I think it was filmed in a, in a town in Ohio, but I can't be certain, like, those shots that do show, like, a festival. So, we'll find out. But, yeah, I mean, I do think that that's why Trick or Treat is set in Ohio, because you do have a lot of those, like, traditional, like, I think Ohio specifically is, because we're part of the Midwest, we're very, like, sticklers for tradition. You know, we're kind of like the Sam's of... Halloween because you know we that's like our time of year because I mean there's not much else to do off Cedar Point time like on the off season so I think that's the time to kind of jump things in and you do have a lot of smaller towns which do have like the witches walks and like community crawl. yeah the like pub crawls and um the zombie crawl, like you said, in Sandusky. But, like, when you get smaller towns like that, I think they do do a lot of, like, different things. Like, Vermilion itself looks like a um, Hallmark Channel, like, town square. So, and they get into a lot of Halloween stuff. Like, we have a coffee shop around us, Len Marie's. They decorate, like, they're one of those crazy-looking, cool coffee shops from um, the Hallmark Channel. But I do think that that's part of the reason why it's so big here. But in general, I feel like it's how you tie your kids to you. It's how you make memories with your children in general. We're talking about traditions. What are some traditions that you do with your children during Halloween season? We watch a ton of horror films. I have a list specifically for October that we try not to touch until October. Uh, like carving jack-o'-lanterns, just stuff like that. Yeah, I actually am going to a hol holiday-themed, well, fall-themed camp with Brayden. But like normally, like the other day we saw that they had apple cider and caramel apples finally in and we got that and watched Hocus Pocus. Um, but we like make cookie those cookies the together. Pumpkins. That's what yeah. we do. And 
we like going to the apple orchard because um, I think it's just something magical living by so many apple orchards that do do things like that. Um, and a lot of our apple orchards have activities. So like Burnham's, they have a lot of things that you can do. Um, and I think it's just nice to do those things with your kids. I like even just walking outside. I think as a big girl, I'm just going to say it. I am so relieved when summer is done because I have already like sweated my wig off like 12 different times. I say wig, but I, I have natural hair, but literally it feels like I have a wig on sometimes because my hair is so thick. Um, but I feel like it's a time where you can actually like breathe without the heat. And I don't want anyone to come for me because I know that there are a ton more places that are a lot hotter. Um, but I don't like the heat. <laughs> You're entitled to feel bad about the heat no matter what yeah. it is. Yeah, I think for me, if I'm not in a swimming pool during the summer or at a water activity, like I just, no, I like having the windows open, feeling fall. I like having the windows open during fall, you know, smelling that kind of like fall air of Ohio where you smell like, you know, the fires and the, you know, the tree, you can smell the trees, how they're, you know, changing and different. It's a weird thing to say that you can smell the uh the trees changing, but you can, you can kind of, you know, you see it, but then you also too, you know, you, you can just smell that kind of fall kind of air coming through. Um, but yeah, I think traditions are huge. I love taking Brayden out trick or treating. That's one of the things, um, especially with him being autistic. I love the fact that there are a lot of accepting people out there of, like, when he wouldn't say trick-or-treat, they were very accepting and could understand, like, what was going on. Um, but, you know, for him, he has that personality where he wants to... That Sorry. was baby... Bells, I, I, bells. <laughs> dude, bells. he's trying to summon a demon right now. Baby, Lucifer does not need to be in this. Just, just, just up. Get the holy water, Lee. Cassandra. <laughs> BRB, we need to do a uh, exorcism. We'll be back. I'm just kidding. Um, I would not do an exorcism on my cat. But, um, you know, that's another thing. We liked our old cat, Buckeye. May her soul rest in peace. We didn't really... She wouldn't do costumes. But, like, Baby, he has more a, a little bit more of a temperament for it. So, like... Breeden wants to like dress him up and make him feel part of the family. Like he's even talking about trying to like get him to go outside, maybe in like a stroller and he could take him trick or treating with him. Like I personally, myself, I wanted to do the Chucky one on him because I thought that that would be hilarious. But Breeden thought something like a Nightmare Before Christmas or um, like a, a Hellcat, which he is a Hellcat, um, would be good. But I think having traditions, especially Halloween, I feel like is the kickoff for going into like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I think that's where you do get a lot of like you get those events that you get to have time with your kids and you get to have fun. And I know for us, like since we live by Cedar Point, Cedar Point does one thing for the residents every year and that's have the, you know, trick or treat there. And I think that's nice because a lot of times I kind of just want to look around at Cedar Point. I'm not necessarily interested in the rides, but I just want to kind of see the decor that they've put out for Halloween and I can get a little kind of look at that and the cool things they do, like the uh, the troll that's there that looks like the, the huge one that like gets up and talks. Um, I love seeing that because it reminds me of the troll from Ernest Scared Stupid. Um, I have a random horror fact for you. I don't know if you know this or not. You probably do. I did not know this. Do you know who does the creature work for Ernest Scared Stupid? Who is it? I can't say their name right. The Cheeto Brothers? Yes. I, last time I was like... Did you know that in Ernest Scared Stupid, when the trolls at the end, they have all the trolls, if you look closely enough, they have two that look exactly like two of the killer clowns. And it was actually like an Easter egg for Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah. I so, actually think I I might have known that at one point. I saw you post that the other day. Yeah. I 
I did not know that. And so when I watched it and I actually saw it, I was like, holy crap. But I didn't know that the Cheeto brothers had done that. Um, I could kind of tell afterwards, like as soon as it, I heard it, it made sense. But I just, that just shows how awesome the Cheeto brothers are. I mean, I mean, you could go from critters to killer clowns for outer space to then Ernest scared stupid. I mean, they do everything. Speaking of Ernest scared stupid, you know, Halloween season is coming up. That's why we're talking about this episode. And we at here at the horror craft always want to come in clutch for our uh, listeners. And we know what it's like to be a parent during Halloween season. So we want to give you some movie recommendations for the holiday. Um, so we're going to list them off. You don't have to like pause the episode and write them down really quickly. When this episode drops, we are going to have like PDF file or something in our link tree that has where you can find these and what these movies are. So to start it off, obviously we talked about Ernest Scared Stupid. Love that. Halloween Town, the whole series. Um, definitely watch the first Halloween Town though. That's Always. amazing. Um, Twitches, The Goonies, Scooby-Doo. There are so many iterations of Scooby-Doo. Um, last year they did a really good one called Happy Halloween that had Elvira herself in it and Bill Nye. Um, and it was amazing. This year they have one that came out with what well, exactly what we were talking about, which is Scooby-Doo encourage the cowardly dog together. Um, so then check out Monster House, Corpse Bride, the Adams Family, Nightmare for Christmas, Frank and Weenie, the whole Harry Potter series, Hotel Transylvania series, My Mom is Dating a Vampire, and Little Monsters. The Goosebumps movies, The Witches, is Scoob the new one? Scoob. Yeah, Scoob. A Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting, Super Monsters Save Halloween, Toy Story of Terror, The Book of Life, Curious George, A Halloween Boo Fest, I Love Paranorman. Coraline, Pooh's Heffalum Halloween movie, Wallace and Grummet, is that how you say it? The yes. The Were-Rabbit. Were-Rabbit. Were what Wa the hell? Wallace and Grummet, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Wallace and Grummet is a cartoon series right. that is um, like a British one. And this involves, um, it is such a cute That's movie. That's like the Chicken Run animation. Are they yes. part of that same? Yeah, yeah. They're in that same kind of vein. I've seen some of that. Okay, what's Spookly the Square Pumpkin? Yes. I've never seen that. There, it's like an animated kid one that is a, as it sounds, it's a square pumpkin that's not getting along. I, I don't know. We'll we'll give you the link. Let us know how it is. Under wraps. Yes. Uh, don't look under the bed. The Haunted Mansion. We got yeah. Jennifer Tilly as the. Yes, yeah, Madame Leota. Yep. Spirited Away. We love anime. Yes. Double Double Toil and Trouble. Olsen Twins. Yes. Kiki's Delivery Service. More anime. E. T. Yes. E.T.'s the, the goat. And the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Yeah, this that's... a Halloween one. Yeah, that's a Disney one. And it the um, Mr. Toad was part of it. But Ichabod, obviously, is Ichabod Crane. And it is a oh. Disney, yeah, Sleepy Hollow kind of vibe. Um, but those are a lot of really good ones. A lot of these are on streaming um, I know specifically like Scoob and Spirited Away, Kiki's Delivery Service, the um, Hayao Miyazaki movies, they're all on HBO Max. Scoob is a good one. Um, if you had not gotten a chance to see it around, the only sad part about that is is that Matthew Lillard is not the voice of Shaggy. Um, we love you, Matthew, Matthew Lillard. Um, right? Like, how can you... No, not gonna. Not we're gonna we're not gonna get into that controversy, <laughs> but just say our hearts are with you, Matthew. Our hearts are with you. That was a super long list, but um, what is your favorite? <laughs> well, favorites, because I feel like there's a lot, but like as far as like childhood, I loved watching Halloween Town every year. That I think that was my favorite. I know it's not exactly horror. No, but it's so good. Do you feel like part of that is because they actually use like a real town for that? Yeah, totally. I know that it's crazy to me that they do that like every year. I want to live there forever. Well, because you know that um, Kimberly Brown, who did the Halloween mm -hmm. series, she's like in a relationship 
with Caliber's son, the guy who played Caliber's son. Wow, I didn't know that. That yeah, they started Halloween. The 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 place where they shot Halloween Town is an actual town, and every year they have that big pumpkin mm-hmm. and they light it, and um, they have Kimberly Browning come in, and um, I guess he was there, and they had kind of kept in touch. And then magic happened, and now they're together. That's awesome. So, um, but do you have any others? I have a lot. I guess I don't really think about it. I, I like the Monster Squad. Monster Squad, I feel like, is a huge one. You know, a lot of people don't realize that the same person who did the Monster Squad did Night of the Comet. Mm-hmm. And you get some of that kind of humor in there. So I have a huge love... I really, you know how Todd Atkins is in Night of the Comet. I really wish he would have been a Monster Squad too. If he would have randomly popped up somewhere, I'd have been like, give this an Oscar. Um, Paranorman and Coraline too. I watch those a lot. Paranorman is such a big film, I feel like, for kids to watch too. Because it really does talk about like... Grieving. Grieving and also too like really talks about like how hurt coming from a hurt place like that girl being teased and demoralized like how that can change somebody i think it's it's such a huge concept but done in such a beautiful way um it's what you said hurt people hurt hurt people people. so you know um for me Ernest scared stupid is one of my favorites growing up um i think you remember this but do you remember where always pizza used to be yeah it was like always pizza and they had like a a movie thing where you could rent movies in there with her at some point in time. And I remember going and getting, um, I remember going and getting pizza and they were the ones that had like the Romano stick pizza. I remember always going and getting that and smelling the garlic, but then getting Ernest scared stupid. And I just, I loved it. I loved Ernest. I feel like he was like, you know, a lot of people love Pee Wee Herman. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was like the 90s Pee Wee Herman and he was just, he was everything. Goonies is another one. My mom, I have a picture of her, her where she looks like one of the characters from the Goonies. I'll have to show you. But um, I love that. Um, I love Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. Hocus Pocus is always a big favorite. We went a couple years ago to the um, Milan where we live, uh, there is Milan, Ohio, which is the birthplace of Thomas Edison. And where they have, like, his museum and stuff, they have this corridor there that looks like what it would have looked like back in the 1800s. And they played, this is right before COVID, they played Halloween uh, Hocus Pocus there and had, like, Hocus Pocus activities and everything and had big, huge caramel apples. And it was such a vibe. So ever since then, I've been like entranced with the vibes from Hocus Pocus. But I'm also a big Gremlins fan. Gremlins to me, I I like holiday horror. And I feel like that's kind of my genesis with holiday horror is that you... It's just such a good movie because, again, it talks about really heavy subjects like, you know... The, um, one of the main characters, the love interest, you know, her father died during Christmas and they tackle that. They tackle, you know, the dad kind of trying to find his way and the son kind of trying to deal with everything. And it's really done well. And I mean, come on, the Mogwai, they're so cute. I love him. I just want to... Gizmo. Gizmo. I just love Gizmo. His little car. Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, they're all great. I think the one of the main things with Gremlins and why it kind of translates good with, like, childhood is, like, it's pet owning. Like, your first pet, you need to be responsible or it's going to go south fast. And I think that really ties into the whole childhood horror because that can be relatable to a kid. Yeah, because you have the specific rules. Like, that's the whole reason why the uncle, the Chinese uncle, um, in the beginning of the film doesn't want to sell the Mogwai um, gizmo because, you know, it's a great responsibility. And the kid is telling him, you know, these rules, the dad, these rules, cause it's a, it's a gift. 
And, you know, don't feed them after midnight. Don't get them water on them. And very quickly, like, he gets water on them. And then, you know, Stripe comes in and he's, you know, the evil one. And he, you know, he, the main character mistakenly gives them chicken after midnight. And they just turn into these things that become completely uncontrollable. And it definitely... I, I definitely see that. When you see that in the end where he, like, takes Gizmo back. And, but then, you know, in the next one, he's older. And that's where you get, like, the difference between the first and the second one. The first one, you know, he's a he's a young adult. And he's trying to, like, figure out his way. And in the second one, you know, he's in a different position. And it's because of other people. So I think this movie specifically deals with your own actions and repercussions. And you kind of see, like, with his dog, you kind of yes. see how that kind of contrasts with that because he's having issues taking care of his dog because he got that bitch at the bank yes. that he works at. And he's having issues maintaining, like, a normal pet. Yes. And, I mean, that's, like, the funniest scene where she gets, you know, taunted by the gremlins and she has that, uh, like the Mr. Hendrickson chair rail that comes down and they like soup it up and she like goes flying out. I think that's hilarious. So what are your, some of your favorite memories for Halloween? Uh, I got married on Halloween once. This one time. <laughs> this one time. This one time I married the love of my life on Halloween. Um, yeah, your anniversary is on Halloween. Um, Woke up that day and like, oh, let's get married. We've been engaged for six years. He's like, okay, let's do it. I, I mean... That's like the perfect thing for you, though. <laughs> That's the most Britney thing you could possibly do. Let's get married on Halloween. Let's just do it. We were going to, and then I was like, yeah. Eh, let's just, I woke up that day. Two hours to plan. Oh, well, let's go. <laughs> I think one of my favorite Halloween memories is um, actually, it's kind of almost a sad one, though, too. But um, Breeden had to go in for testing, like, so he missed out on Halloween. So the hot people at the hospital helped me like, cause he had to do like a, a sleep study, but then also too, like the next day he had to go in and actually get admitted to do some like test, Aww. but they like helped me make his room like super Halloween-ish and uh, like they brought, like they had it to where once he could like get up and walk around, like he could go to like the different nurses and they gave him candy and stuff like that. So yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he, um, but yeah, that was one of my favorite memories because they made it so special for him and like they had Halloween movie, like children's hospitals are so amazing and like they had extra special like events already going on for Halloween that they were doing for the kids. But then like they brought in toys and they just made it feel like so much like he wasn't like, being in the hospital. What so, hospital was that? Uh, Akron Children's. Shout out to Akron, Akron's Children. I can't talk because <laughs> I'm Yeah, Akron Children's is one of the, I mean, Braden goes to Cincinnati Children's now, too. But they both do really good jobs. And, like, the Children's Miracle Network um, that you see a lot of, like, you, you know, they'll do, like, the, the roundups or something. Definitely, um, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox, but if you ever see those... Definitely know that they are going to the people that they're meant to be going to because, like, a lot of that has gone towards Braden and, like, experiences that he's had. And that definitely makes the difference. So um, that's definitely one of my favorite Halloween memories. And just being, you know, having this great time during this time that was just absolutely horrible. But um, definitely shows you the power of nurses, too. But... I didn't mean to make you cry with that story. It's okay. It was a nice story to hear. <laughs> yeah. I, and I wasn't saying that as anything like, oh, this is my, this is what's going on with my child's life. Cause my child is very resilient. He does go through a lot of things, but, um, you know, we have had some Halloweens where he's not there, but Halloween generally is a nice time for us. We love doing, and he's always excited about it and doing all kinds of fun things. So, you know, I think that was just special because, you know, you watch The Grinch with Jim Carrey, mm -hmm. you know, the part where they go, where are you Christmas? 
why haven't I found it? It was kind of like that with Halloween, like, you know, going up there. It's like, oh my gosh, like this is supposed to be such a good time for him. And here he has to do these things and it's not good. But, you know, they they really did pull it out. And, it, you know, he re still remembers it, too. So that's what made me happy. But, he, you know, we like going to Cedar Point to the trick-or-treating a lot because he gets to look around and he's not a big ride person. So he just likes going and looking around at the scenery and going and eating the candy and it's a nice experience. But um, that is definitely one that stands out for me um, because, you know, Halloween is about tradition and all three of us were there. You know, it's me, him, and Jim and... That was just kind of like our like little like that's what we were trying to make him happy and trying to get things, you know, in a positive mood for him. And it just made us close together. So and I think that's what Halloween is about. For sure. Yeah, that's a good example of like community because they're yeah. not your family, but they're no, it's and, like a family. No, and I mean, they knew Brayden because he had been in a lot. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like they kind of personally like took it on and I... My child does have this effect on people where people see the genuineness in his heart and stuff and they really, you know, warm up to him, really like him for who he is, which I think is great because, and that's one of like, I like to say his autism superpowers is he is so genuine with like his emotions and his feelings because he, he knows no other way, but to be that way that I think it just, he radiates positive energy. And I think people pick up on that. Well, yeah, he's a remarkable little boy. You're doing a fine job. You too, with your, I, I only have one kid. You have three kids. <laughs> I, yeah, I have, I have a cat and a kid. So you have five cats and three kids. Hey man, raising a kid's raising a kid. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I hope you enjoyed this experience um we definitely love horror and halloween is part of that halloween is kind of like the super bowl for horror fans for sure but we also don't want to get it lost on the fact that it's meant for kids and we did forget to bring up charlie brown and the great pumpkin like that's a huge thing too um so charlie brown's an asshole <laughs> <laughs> what, what was trick that? or treat oh yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Um, I love Charlie Brown, though. Um, Charlie Brown's okay. He's all right. Yeah, I, I like the fact that they do a lot of that for Halloween at Cedar Point. Right. Like, Snoopy's huge over there. Camp Snoopy. Camp good for the kids. That's another thing that you can do, like, with the kids. They have a yeah. lot of kid-friendly stuff at Cedar Point. And I think Kings Island, Six Flags does stuff. Not Scary Farm. Not, not yeah. So Scary Farm. Not that. So Scary Farm. And then... Um, Disney does Mickey's Boo Bash or something like that. Um, and they have really fun things to do. Universal, but, too. I don't know if they yeah. love kids stuff, though. They, I think they do, like, Minions and, like, different okay. things like that. Um, I can't personally speak for it. I haven't been to Universal in, like, 14 years. It's so. been, like, 25 years. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't been since I was probably, like, 14. So I'd be, like... 16 years I haven't been there since I was like 14 I, I they had just put the mummy ride in and I got to ride it so that was an experience for me but we appreciate you tuning in and listening to this and like I said there will be a guide that um is on here talking about the like where you can find these movies and we hope that you enjoy Halloween and until then, this is Cassandra and Bubbles. Stay psych. Um, we actually thought of something really important to say before we ended this episode. And it's something that I definitely feel like we have to have the conversation of um, as responsible parents. And especially for me, uh, having a child that has special needs. Um, PSA of being kinder. During the holiday. Right. Um, you never know what someone's going through. If you see a kid that's nonverbal, a kid that doesn't have a costume on, or kids that are older, I mean, honestly, it's a piece of candy. I don't understand what the big deal is. It doesn't, it takes zero dollars to be kind to someone. You could make their day. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think for me, there's a huge controversy between like the the teal pumpkin, and I support both sides. I see where they're coming from. I appreciate people's efforts in putting the teal pumpkin and letting them know that they're a safe space for people. But then I also understand that like where parents are coming from, where it's like you know you shouldn't have to have a pumpkin to treat my child with dignity. Um, and it is a huge thing in the autism community because you would believe that, you know, with autism and special needs in general, that we've come so far as a society that a lot of that doesn't happen, but it does, especially to older kids. And so, you know, I would just definitely encourage kindness during the holiday season and really open your hearts to people that you see struggling because you just don't know if they're going to make it. I've been that parent before that's, you know, taking my kid out trick-or-treating and I'm worried in the back of my mind, you know, is my child going into the hospital the next day? You know, what's going on? And I've had people who have just been incredibly kind to me seeing that kind of worry behind my eyes. So I appreciate it um, most definitely, but I've also had experiences where people have just you know, I don't think they said it to be mean, but it came off that way. And it definitely is hard when you're already struggling with so much to begin with. So um, please be kind during the holidays, especially Halloween and um, spread kindness like litter. That's that's my motto. Just sprinkle it all around. Don't be a Halloween Grinch or Sam's going to get you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we learn anything from trick or treat, there are repercussions. So um, not saying that, you know, Sam's going to come in and lollipop you to death, but you never know. <laughs> so we don't know if he's real or not, but let's just let's just not chance it. So be kind and, you know, keep keep those things away. Um, but we hope everyone has a happy Halloween and we are going to have some crazy cool stuff for Halloween. So stay tuned because we're, we're going to be fun. So we're going to have fun with some of our favorite films for Halloween. Giggity. Giggity. <laughs> um, so until then, it's me, Cassandra. And Bubbles. And this is the Horror Craft Podcast and we're wishing you a good day and stay spooky. Bye. Bye.